yellow chow chow, the all yellow show. If you even think of hanging up or leaving the room for a scotch, we will murder you. Now listen, Great Creeperson and the Phantom Eric want to take you on a ride through dark alleys and bright rooms, long stairways, and backstage at the art gallery. If you want to live, you'll don your black gloves and join them. everyone <laughs> dude i'm such a dork i have like this standard that's your signature <laughs> i don't have a signature i need one are you sure i don't know hello everyone <laughs> welcome to jello ciao 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 everyone and we don't mean to offend our italian listeners by uh, <laughs> doing really bad i think we're offending them just by doing this show I mean, I, I think it's um, naive of us to think that uh, us offending people stops at Italians. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone will find offense <laughs> to this show eventually. But So yeah, so how are you doing? Good, I hear you pouring something over there. Um, No, I was just looking at my ice cubes to see if they oh. were cubes or if they were water yet. Oh, and we gotta make sure you keep them cubes. Yeah, they're, yeah I gotta get that. Yeah, everything's going good over here. We uh, had a fun time on Friday the 13th with you and a Yay. couple of our pals. That was good got times, us, huh? Yeah, got us kind of primed for this show, I think. I think so. Which we'll probably get into, but... I yeah, other so. than that, uh, just keeping busy, you know, with all my things. How about you? What, what things are you getting busy with? Because I think everyone should know, because it's pretty oh. awesome. Jeez. Gosh, you're making me blush. I don't know. I yeah, I'm usually pretty humble, but but now I'm not gonna be. <laughs> I <laughs> I think I'm just gonna toss all that aside and uh, step out of my shell here. Yeah, yeah just uh doing the uh, crunching down the uh, year by year at the hundred years of horror, blazing a trail. There, we're already getting into 1980. Yeah. This coming weekend, so that kind of came quicker than I thought. That's what she said. But Sorry, um, I was inhaling. I should have nailed that. My bad. I'll get the rest of the puns. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We're still kind of getting excited for that. And then uh, probably be finishing that up in the coming year. Um, what what movie are you doing for 1980? 1980, we're getting in the festive spirit. We're going to do a little Christmas evil. And I will be having our friend from this show, as well as from 100 Years of Horror, Alex, on nice. to talk about it a little bit, about kind of his experiences with 
holiday horrors. That guy's smart as crap, dude. <laughs> he schooled us. <laughs> He's Straight up really schooled smart. Us. We did um, Friday the 13th trivia, and he was making everyone look bad. It was awesome. He was being kind of humble like I was when I was talking to him later. He said that he just lucked out with the questions he got if he'd gotten any of the other ones. <laughs> Like the ones I got that I ended up with six points. The best thing right. ever is that you're like, he was being humble like I was. That kind of <laughs> negates you being humble by calling attention to it. <laughs> Maybe I don't know what humble means. <laughs> that was my problem. I've been doing it wrong this whole time. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty humble. Oh, yeah. so that's cool though. Yeah, so we're going to have a good time with that. And then uh, just starting out another show. So I'm trying to follow in your shadow, uh, pumping out all these different shows. But this one's kind of going along a different hobby of mine other than film. Though it kind of has some tie-ins to it. Um, but it's professional wrestling. And I'm getting together with two of my old friends um, from high school. And we used to watch wrestling all the time back in the day. And now we're getting back together to talk about it because... Uh, that's what you do this day and age is you make people listen to you talk about what you like. <laughs> and it's a really good show. It's really good. Yeah, I, we're trying I'm to make it a little different. Listener. Yeah. <laughs> Our one of, so far, I think three. <laughs> it's really good. It just cracks me up because you guys all talk about how you started watching it right when I really stopped watching it. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I'm so old. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah, I don't know. I just I trip out. But yeah, yeah it's, good times. It's kind of a different perspective because a lot of the shows I listen to are fans of the rock and wrestling era of the 80s. And yeah, we're a couple of youngins. We came in during the new generation. Well, at least I did. And then those guys kind of came in a couple years later with the uh, boom of the NWO. And uh, probably just boring a bunch of people right now about and that. the Attitude Era. The Come Attitude. On, man. Everyone remembers the Attitude. Stone Cold. The Rock. <clears throat> All right, so we won't talk about it, but it's Wrestling with Friends, so Wrestling go download it. Should have dropped See, that. he got oh. his on iTunes like within a half a second, <laughs> and it took me like we're on episode three and we're finally on iTunes now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it's it because I wasn't smart. <laughs> it's I'm sure it was worth the wait for everyone. Oh yeah, for realsies. Yeah, <clears throat> and I just want to say we have a lot. Well, okay, I'm not gonna throw numbers around. I'll, I'll try to be humble, like, <laughs> my, like my partner here. But we have um, quite a lot of subscribers for just getting up, and um, I'm thrilled. I, I am very happy, and I hope that um, we can make you happy <clears throat> by uh, saying what we're gonna say about all these fun, fun movies. Yeah, I think this started out as a fun little side project, I think, for both of us. Um, but yeah, it's really turning into something I'm having a lot of fun with. And I more, think it's more really... of a front project now. Yeah, it's kind of taken over, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I look forward to every two weeks talking about these movies in depth. And it's really a, a cool thing because you don't see a lot of shows out there tackling these movies. Granted, we haven't gotten into the deep cuts yet, but we're only on episode three. Yeah. And at least we all know, even if it's just us talking, that at least twice a month, 
we can hear some new stuff about movies that most people have talked about a bunch of times already on shows not focusing on this type of movie. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if that's not the best sales pitch you ever heard, I don't know what to tell you. <clears throat> okay, so. Any hoozle. Um, yeah, so what else is going on? Is, is that how, how we start a show? Yeah, I guess that caps it off for me. I haven't asked you what's going on with you, though. I know you're uh, quite the busy guy. Um, I don't know if busy is the right word necessarily, but um, I've been writing like crazy. I'm trying to get a bunch of my uh, different books and uh, my new serialized book, uh, Black Star Canyon, and everything ready for Christmas. Um, we have uh, the Creepology book, the new Slasherton book called Sack and Drag and Black Star Canyon. And we're trying to get all of those ready and available for um, at least Christmas Eve. So um, that's kind of what has been taking up the majority of my life. Yeah, I've been finding it hard to keep up with all the stuff, all the writing you've been putting out, but. Yeah, I can't wait to, to see how it all it's, it's all just for those of you who are into self-publishing and all that fun shit um, the idea is that everyone gets their new Kindles or their new e-readers on Christmas morning and they want to have a bunch of stuff to read so they go to Amazon and they'll just start getting any of the free books or any of the 99 cent books so like the end of December through January is typically like the biggest month for self-publishers sales-wise. So um, just be trying to get enough product, especially new product, out for Christmas is like um, key. So, But the way it's going, I don't think we're going to slow down at all because, I mean... We haven't really talked a whole lot about it, and me and you haven't talked a whole lot about it, but me and you are going to be working on something, too. So, uh... You guys can't get enough of us here. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's just, this is a crazy time of year, for sure. Sweet. But anyway, um... But I did want to, um, update everybody on the book. And, like, Eric... Uh, was mistaken last week and again before the show started <laughs> uh, we're not talking about any of my books we're talking about the um, Italian uh, Masters of Horror or whatever uh, movie the book, the anthology movie and um, I was checking out their Indiegogo page and what they're trying to raise $100,000 and they've only raised 4000 and I was kind of shocked by that. Um, they have a ton of really cool perks. Like, I mean, you could even just put a dollar in. And um, uh, it says that you get their eternal gratitude, which <laughs> might be nice to have, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for $5, you get a thank you credit. Um, for $10, you get what they call an insider's perspective, which is a thank you credit, email updates, exclusive online content. Um, and uh, first peek at behind the scenes stuff <clears throat> for 25 they have um, you get an online copy of the book when it's done um, you get uh, uh, script notes and stuff like that um, for 50 you get the book t-shirt and an online copy of the film 
you can also get a signed DVD of Blu-ray. Um, and then there's this, uh, Tim Lucas did this book called All the Colors of Dark, which is um, about Baba. Um, and uh, for 50 bucks, you could get a digital edition of that book. So like an e-book, I'm assuming what they mean by that. Um, but you could get, they have rare VHS where they'll have um, some like video nasty or something like that signed by one of the directors. Um, they're going to put the book out in a limited edition clamshell VHS. And so for 75 bucks, you get that. Um, and for a hundred bucks, you could interview one of them, a 10 minute Skype call with whoever you want from the movie. Um, let me see. God, there's so much stuff on here. It just keeps going and keeps going. Um, you could go to a party. Oh, for two. Oh wait, no, that's, you could get like a demons poster for 300 bucks. Um, you could get, um, a mask from the movie demons for $2,000. Uh, if you want to have a private, personal, day-long walkthrough of Sergio Stivaletti's um, special effects workshop, you do that for $2,500, and then $10,000, you get an executive producer credit. Um, so there's just a ton of stuff, and the video that they have on it is really kind of... It's funny because these guys are like hardcore dudes and i'm sitting here about to call their video cute but um it's a have you seen the video like the little trailer thing for their campaign oh shoot i haven't no it, it's adorable like it has all the guys and they're like doing <clears throat> like one slitting his throat and one of them's like hammering something into a skull and they're like laughing about it and just having a good time it's just like it's 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 cute <laughs> So I just, I want to, dude, I wish, like, I'm like going, man, I should give him a hundred bucks just so we could have him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> for That's the one I kind of perked my ears up at, but then I... <laughs> I'll, I'll see if, if I could just get him on the show and we could, yeah, we're... we could give him whatever we want to give him kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. We're not exactly raking in the dough here yet with our stuff, but that'd be pretty cool. A little bit of cross promotion. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much they could do, but... We could definitely try to help those guys out. I mean, if all of our subscribers gave them a dollar, they would have like more than four dollars. <laughs> so <laughs> I was wondering how what the number was gonna come out. You said you weren't gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it. I'm gonna be humble. Okay. <laughs> Theme of the day. Theme of the day, dude. And man, I don't know if I should just start pouring my scotch in my coffee because this is like I'm gonna get carpal tunnel switching hands like this. But ah, <laughs> uh... the only thing I th I don't really like about this project is the fact that it's called the book. So every time you say, "Hey, have you heard about the book?" I'm thinking, uh, which one? <laughs> well, the way the little trailer thing goes, it's like this like creepy hand that's all deformed looking, and it's like opening a book, and there's this weird, scary picture in it. And as he's rubbing it, all the directors start like popping up so it's i mean i'm assuming it's going to be something like creep show where it's like here's a story and then here's a story and then here's a story they're all from this book yeah and the creepy is it gonna be like a framing has. story i wonder like a wraparound yeah a wraparound story with a little cute little italian man we'll tug around <laughs> um, reach around um i'm sure there will be i mean honestly i'm just excited 
to hear a goblin score that I hope sounds like an old goblin score. Yeah. Because if it doesn't sound like an old one, I'm not going to... And that's where it sucks because you hear all... Like, you know those people that are like, oh man, they suck now, they sold out, they used to be so good. Like about any band or whatever. But it's just like, <clears throat> I like that old sound, you know? Uh-huh. And that's what I want to hear. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. We will. So smooth. I don't really hear a lot. A lot of people say that right after drinking JMB. Ah, that's the smoothest stuff ever. But um, but yeah, smooth as nails, baby. Mm. So um, do you want to talk about our our good friend Mario first, or should we yeah. talk about the movie? Let, should yeah, well, huh? What do we eh. usually do? I forgot. Um, well, we're doing Bay of Blood or Twitch of the Death Nerve or film that's not really in the woods on the water or whatever the title is today. Um, this movie <clears throat> by Mario Bava um, got a 6.7 on IMDb. Uh, the plot is so convoluted, it would be ridiculous for me to read it to you. <laughs> so it'll be something we could talk about in a little bit. And um, the Jalo score on this one from that fun site that hasn't been updated since April 13th. Come on, buddy. I like your site. Yeah, man. We're giving you some help here. <laughs> your hints. Um, uh, the score for this one is a 68, and I believe that's our lowest score of any yeah. of the other two that we did. Made it sound like we did a bunch right there, and then I realized that we haven't. So yeah, so this is our lowest score. I'm looking over this score. I, I'm not really trying to figure out. I guess I'm trying to figure out how they because they gave J and B one point. And I swear I saw a bottle of J and B at least three times in this movie. Well, I think you only get one point for it, just for it to show up. Yeah. Okay. And then the body count greater than three. As long as it's greater than three, you just get the four points. Yeah, because how it goes, it'll say like. In each section, you get this many points, but you can't go over this amount. Oh, okay. Because then it wouldn't add up to 100, I'm assuming. Okay. Well, then I guess, so. yes, it is our lowest score. But that doesn't mean it's not a uh, dingy, dirty jello. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So, um, yeah, let's talk about Bava. Knock yeah, Mr. Out. Bava. He's a... Uh, considered by a lot of people as the godfather of the giallo film and uh he actually worked on one of the first italian horror films i vampiri back in the 50s and then uh, a lot of people kind of know him as the guy that sort of got pulled into directing jobs he was more of a cinematographer and uh, luckily for us that kind of bleeds into his giallo films later on but that's where he got to start and then um just a couple movies that he was doing the uh, director walked out on and um, he finally got his first shot at a directorial debut with 1960's Black Sunday which I think a lot of people consider a cornerstone of Italian horror with a Barbara Steele in that one and then uh, sort of made a couple more films throughout the 60's not necessarily horror films Uh, he did make Black Sabbath which was uh, starring Boris Karloff, as well as a film called The Whip and the Body. He also made one called 
uh, Blood and Black Lace in 1964, which was considered probably the first Giallo film. It had a lot of the tropes that you'll see on the Giallo score website, the black gloves, uh, the uh, kind of the uh, very, I don't know, what what do we consider like the... It, it got a 64. Oh, really? <laughs> what am I talking yeah. about that? Well, no, but it, it, it started a lot of... The, yeah, like the sets. Yeah. Way like in the the beautiful models, and, mm-hmm. and then the kind of the interplay the between fashion. sex, yeah, high fashion, sex, murder, intrigue, the uh, different red herrings in it, and then uh, he made a couple other films like Planet of the Vampires, which was more of a sci-fi film. Um, did some sword and sandal films, which were very popular, of course, in Italy, along with those uh, spaghetti westerns. But it was in, uh, I believe this might be the uh, the film where he really started kind of digging into these uh, this run of Jello films that he got really kind of gory and bloody in, um, starting with Bay of Blood in 1971. And uh, I don't know, do you have anything else well, to say about Well, just that um, this movie, I mean, I think it kind of... Because he had, he had done a lot of other genres of film Uh and um because this film has been so heavily imitated or influenced so many other films later um i think we we don't force him into like oh he is a horror director or a a shallow director or something like that but um because he did a ton of other stuff and the the curious thought would be if he didn't do this movie how would people look at him you know like how would he be regarded if this wasn't the one that he did like would it be like because i know not a lot of people give um like hatchet for the honeymoon or five dolls like a ton of like oh my gosh groundbreaking stuff there you know uh-huh. but um <clears throat> but like blood and black lace obviously but i mean if you like any of those um like aip roger corman vincent price edgar Allan poe type movies then like you know black sunday and um a lot of those that he did around that time uh totally have that exact same feel you know uh-huh. and i mean arguably are better films to begin with as well but um so going from doing that kind of stuff the westerns and then he did the sci-fi and all this other stuff and then he does these jally is it's all good and fine but i think this movie like gave him and honestly from everything i've read it wasn't something that happened when the movie came out. It was like 15 years later that like right. people started singing this guy's praises is this, um, amazing horror director, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I know in acclaimed. Italy and uh, yeah, go ahead there. I was just going to say it was very, uh, he had a lot of uh, acclaim and a lot of critics really loved him for that stuff he did in the sixties with black Sunday. Um, and when he got to this point, uh, it was sort of towards the tail end of his career. He'd been making movies since the 40s, I think. And by the time he got to this point, critics thought that he was done. And they thought that he was just totally Bush League now and sort of tried to brush these films under the rug. 
but now it's sort of come back around where this is these are the films that really defined uh, his career definitely i wonder what if there was like a movie that he saw and was like dude i gotta make a movie like that and then made bay of blood yeah like because on on the gore side i mean this is obviously way gorier than anything else he was doing you know so i wonder if there was like i mean what what came yeah, out right blood and black lace is very tame yeah i mean it's with blood feast right blood feast came yep. out before this yep yeah it's 63 but i don't know if he would have seen i i was thinking he was and i was gonna maybe get to this when we started talking about the film but it seemed like this was kind of like a fuck you to fulci and argento like hey you guys are trying to take over my mode of filmmaking well i I can show you that I can do it better than you guys. Um, of course, that's just the inner dialogue and narrative that I'm making in my own head, but I think it's kind of interesting to think of it like that. No, I'm sure there was a lot to do with that, because, I mean, this came out a year after uh, Bird with the Crystal Plumage, so I'm sure there was a little bit of, uh, like, who the fuck do you think you are uh-huh. kind of thing. Like, all right, this is how you want to play, huh? Okay, amp it up a little hell yeah get all violent on that shit yeah um but yeah i mean i could kind of go into the the plot a little bit should we treat our listeners to the trailer oh dude you are so good for reminding me (laughs) yes um i'm the mother of the show have you found the any of the trailers that actually have dialogue I, never... I have a bunch of trailers that, and it's just music with the different titles over it. Okay, yeah, I guess it would be nice if I actually looked at a trailer before I <laughs> announced one on the show. I, that's what I always do, and just hope. No, it's fine. Like, yeah, I have a trailer. It's just, it's just some more amazing music. Can you just do a voiceover of it? Yeah, like it's like, yeah, I'll do something. I'll go. Oh my god, it's big blood. And, um, <laughs> what is this girl looking at? <laughs> Bay of blood. A bay of blood. Bay of blood. Have you it's ever had a bay that was so full of blood? <laughs> bay of blood. Bay I don't know. Blood. Twitch of the death nerve would be a funner one to... Twitch of the death nerve. Right. Yeah. Why is no one in this movie twitching?
to the death nerve <laughs> it's it's just crazy because that's like one of the greatest titles of anything ever it's beautiful and it just doesn't really have like i mean i know that the the jali are known for having a super ambiguous title that like you'd be hard-pressed to be able to tie it into something in the story but um sometimes you know yeah you could come this up one was kind of low on the Giallo meter for its for its name, but um, the original name being Bay of Blood it didn't have any animals or anything in it. But Switch of the Death Nerve, I think that's <clears throat> kind of came out years oh. down the line to get the attention of people who they wanted to watch the movie in America. Yeah, I think because uh, we'll talk about the titles too, but I think Twitch of the Death Nerve was, um, I think Hallmark releasing put that yeah. title on it. Um, well, the the movie, Bay of Blood, opens up with some music. Now, this, for me, this score is probably one of the most remembered and just one of the better scores in Jalo, period, to me, anyway. Um, it's one of my favorites. But anyway, <clears throat> um, and then we go straight into a mosquito cam that apparently... <clears throat> uh, the guy from uh, Irreversible stole. So let's talk about that. Mosquito cam. <laughs> the camera's like it's like buzzing and it's like yeah. it's just yeah. <clears throat> I know and then it goes in the water so it's more of like someone watching it because there's the bug guy but we'll talk about that too. Okay. Um, and then we come into this really cool scene where um the Countess, um, what's her name, Countess? I have it as Federica. Federica. She's wheeling herself down this long-ass hallway, and um, she uh, gets strangled. And it's a really, really cool scene. This is one of the better scenes in the movie. And um, the black-gloved killer leaves a note on a table, and then as he's checking the place out um he gets killed so it's like double whammy what the heck exactly. <laughs> he's wearing black gloves he can't yeah be no shit and so like um so then um and i wonder if that was a ode or a warning to mr argento yeah because that's the last time that happens in the movie right i think so yeah okay Ooh, there you go 
That's a scary <laughs> thought. Well, anyway, so... Um, people dying and then being killed by somebody else and then being killed by somebody else um, is kind of a reoccurring theme in this. And um, So basically, we have this bay um, and the person who owned most of it is now dead. And there's other people who want it for different things. This guy, Ventura, wants it because he wants to buy it and build, like, a resort village or something there. Um, the parking lot. The neighbors on the other side, which is some creepy psychic chick and some creepier bug catcher, um, want to keep it for its uh, naturistic value. Yeah. And then um, there's Simon, who just likes to pull squid out of the lake. And he likes to keep doing that. And wants Did you to... like that interaction he had with the uh, the bug guy? In the beginning? Yeah. Um, yeah. See, I don't know if I should talk about what I think of this movie before we get any further into it. Okay, but, you're just explaining um, the, uh, the many different characters. The many different characters and the <laughs> a lot. ridiculous plot. But, um... <clears throat> So all the shit's going on, and then all of a sudden, um, these two other people show up, Rennie and Albert, and they brought their kids along with them for some stupid fucking reason, and then locked them in a box, or an RV, um, kind of down the road a little bit, and we're like, yeah, don't fucking touch anything, we'll be back, fucking... They'll pay for that. <laughs> so they just fucking leave their kids there, and then fucking go on about their business now apparently this chick rennie is the daughter of the husband of the countess now yes. we find out that the person who killed the countess originally um this isn't much of a spoiler because this is like in the first like two seconds of the movie right yeah they show his face yeah um he he killed her okay and husband. the husband killed her and his Donati. name Donati. Yeah. <clears throat> so Donati's dead. Um, but no one knows where he is. He's been missing since, um, the Frederica chick, um, was murdered to make it look like a suicide. <clears throat> now, so they're walking around. They don't know who the fuck to talk to because she's thinking like, yeah, all this land's going to be mine. I have a bay. You know, that's super cool to have a bay, apparently. Everyone was really excited about having a bay, and no one wanted <laughs> to let be? their bay go. Well, I don't know. That bay seemed kind of shitty. Like, I it know. had all those fucking bugs. <laughs> Squid? <laughs> but yeah, I can't go swimming in it, or else I'm going to get fucking face-fucked by a fucking octopus or something like that. So that's yeah. no fun. Um, Some bloated old dead man? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so... There's this whole thing. And now, right smack dab in the middle of them trying to build a plot, um, <clears throat> this fucking little cartoonish beach buggy starts fucking rolling up with a bunch of young kids in it that aren't that young. And um, we have a couple of Italian dudes with some Swedish girl and some kraut bitch. Is that how they referred to her? <laughs> yeah. I love the name they gave her, too. Brumhilda. Oh, so cool. So anyway, so they're like, yeah, let's party. Well, what are we going to do? Well, we're at the bay. Let's break into this building, see what this is. Oh, it's a it's a discotheque. 
that's all run down and shit. Let's dance in here. Let's get your radio out. And then they find um, a pool, and she was about to slide down a slide into a skank-ass pool. Yeah. And she, like, honestly, like, the, she had a lot of faith in Bobby to be able to stop gravity from pulling her ass into that goddamn skanky pool because that was a yeah, nasty yeah. ass pool and you know how i am with like germs and fucking bacteria <laughs> and ringworm and all sorts of other shit so so does that not have very uh high standards for their their water quality over in germany apparently not maybe all the pools look like that yeah i wouldn't trust the guy like shy bobby with his helmet hair catching me <laughs> Well, I mean, not only that, but I mean, I mean, Broomhild is a very attractive woman, but I mean, she probably outweighs the guy by another human, <laughs> you know, like she's a big chick, you know, yeah, she's like, not she's not shy about flashing her undies around. No, not at all. So then they find this other house that's more of a house house and they decide they're going to bust into it. But all Broomhilda wants to do is go swimming. But she's mad at Bobby now for some stupid fucking reason. So she's going to go swimming by herself while the Swedish girl is trying to fucking get a threesome going with these two dudes. And the one guy's getting super pissed. He's like, dude, Bobby, you said you would take the crowd. Get the fuck out of here. What are you trying to do? I'm going to nail this chick beat it and then the girl's like bobby come on it's gonna be the three of us yes and it's just like this crazy thing so the whole time you're watching you're going oh my god this is gonna be so hot this is really gonna happen oh my gosh and it never does spoiler how much spoiler should i give here that's not a spoiler i mean his name is shy bobby he's not gonna get in that threesome (laughs) so um so then she takes off her clothes and apparently her pubic hair and um, jumps in the lake and is swimming in the lake and um, a body comes and touches her hip and freaks her out. <clears throat> and now, obviously, these characters are here for us to kill. There's like no purpose in having them in the story other than to boost the body count. Right. And probably the TNA value. So, <clears throat> um, probably one of the most memorable kills is Broomhilda, which is great. And the funny thing is, I actually had to look it up, like, what kind of weapon this was, but it's called a bill hook. And for those of you who live in the big city like me and have never had to um, attack Spaniards or boats or fish... You might not know what a bill hook is. Right. Well, it's basically just like a curved machete. Yeah, dude. It's like a machete that's a hook. It's pretty fucking cool. And um, it's some fun shit. So uh, there's this head slicing open. I mean, neck slicing open bit that's pretty cool. Um, And then the killer goes into the house and... Um, this part right here is probably the best for me, the best special effect in the movie. Shy Bobby opens the door cause he hears a pop break and he gets hit in the face with the, um, bill hook in the same way Mark gets hit in the face with, I believe if you look at Friday the 13th part two, it looks like it's a bill hook as well. It doesn't oh, really? look like a machete because unless they hit him with the backside of a machete, oh, yeah. just like they cut homeboy's throat with the backside of it. Yeah. Scott. Um, 
And so it hits him right in the face. It's great. But the part that makes this even better is that he's like freaking out and blinking and there's blood all over his face. And then the killer pulls the, um, the bill hook off his face and you see the wound. And I mean, that part right there was the, like, I mean, that's for practical effects. That looks better than most of the shit I see that's new. Really, like when, yeah. when you do a practical effect of someone taking a weapon out of somebody. Yeah, if, you, if you're the kind of person that's looking for these uncut scenes of Friday the 13th movies that will never come out mm-hmm. because they were stepped on and trashed, this is the film you'll want to you'll want to see for these practical effects, and they linger on it for a long time. And, Fuck yeah. And uh, Gialli's, especially Bava's films, when he murders someone, they they kind of call it beautiful, and it's kind of weird to say that, but. Um, just the way that he uh, he plays with the uh, the bottle. Maybe this is the twitch of the death nerve. The guy's blinking and everything. But yeah, the way that he just lingers on it and shows the body's effects after getting. I wonder if that's half. someone watches and go, you know what? That's like the twitch of the death nerve. Oh my god, that is a good <laughs> title. Let's change the name of this piece of shit. Right. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, so uh, but that's exactly uh, the the next scene is. Um, the Swedish chick and the other dude and they're she's on top of him in the bed. Killer comes in with a spear just like um, Sandra and Jeff in part two, but you see a ton more. You see the spear go through the back, um, come out the bottom um, and they're like kind of wiggling around. I would assume that they would be freaking out more like in all honesty, but um, I don't know where the hell they're going to go. So, right. Yeah, it depends on what kind of vital organs maybe it hit. Yeah. Something. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. It gets the copycat. Um, Friday the 13th Part 2 gets the copycat a stamp on it. But it really, I mean, not only did the spear drive through these two people that were having sex, but it was a spear that they had used earlier, or that um, the, uh, pol- or the boyfriend of the Swedish girl was using to kind of scare off Shy Bobby and the girl. And then that's kind of what that uh, nerdy guy was doing in Friday the 13th Part 2, wearing that mask and trying to scare totally. the, his friends off with a spear. And it's later used as a murder weapon. Yeah. Um, I think, too, uh, a lot of people bring up that that was, like, ripped in Friday the 13th Part 2. And I bet that if you were to actually see what they really shot for Friday the 13th Part 2, it would have been, like, a total no-brainer. I bet it's, like shot for shot the same because in Friday the 13th part 2 obviously you don't see it go in the back you see it come out the bottom of the bed and you see them kind of freak out a little bit uh-huh. but like you don't see any of the more visceral shit that you see in Twitch of the Death Nerve so I, I'm really curious as to like I wonder what actual what was shot for that scene for part sure, two yeah, like the wiggling around I bet the shot going through the back is exactly the same. Yeah. Ah, good stuff. Okay, well now the movie gets super slow. Okay, we we just had a big fun bit, and now we have to have a bunch of um, exposition as to why the fuck all this is happening. Um, So, uh... Oh, and the other thing, I think that what they were trying to do, and I wish they could have done a cutaway on this better, but, like, there's a shot of, like, one of his 
live beetles with the needle through it. Yes, um, Apollo. Apollo. Like, he collects <laughs> bugs, yeah. And it, like, has the same look as when they get harpooned through each other. Oh, or yeah. speared through each other. And it would have been neat if there was a cool transition from that to that. But, I mean, right. I guess you couldn't do that because you had all of these really awkward out of focus shots um let me see here um okay so uh at this point is when rennie and albert show up and they go out looking for everybody um and they they go for some reason are talking to uh, apollo and uh the psychic lady um I don't know. I still don't understand how they ended up at their house, but maybe it was just yeah. They're like just a, kind of searching hey. the area, inquiring about her father since he's been missing, and I guess they. I don't know if maybe she knew of these people or if she had actually been introduced to them before as friends of her father, because they said that they had some sort of interaction with him. Yeah. Well, I know that the uh, Apollo didn't like him because the dad was the one who opened the nightclub. And yeah. he opened a gas station and he was, he kept trying to build up this little area. And Paulo didn't like that because he liked chasing bugs. And that's just kind of what he did. Well, at this little meeting, um, they find out that um, more likely than not, um, Rennie would not be the heir of the bay but her but Federica's illegitimate son Simon um would probably be the one to have it and Rennie's like what I have a half brother she didn't even say I have a half brother she's like oh that fucking asshole like I gotta fix this now um so she finds this out so then they go to talk to Simon and this is probably another one of the cool scenes. And I keep the reason why it sounds so shocking when I say, and this scene's actually pretty cool, is because you have like 10 minutes of like downtime between every really cool scene in this movie, to me anyway. And so, but they're talking to Simon down by the dock, and you see these fucking tentacles come out. And I swore to God, the first time I ever saw this, I'm like, that is like the cheesiest Vegas shit I've ever fucking seen. But I like really think that that was a real squid trying to get out of there because when they pull the thing off, you see the squid sitting on um, Donati's corpse's face. Oh yeah. And um, Rennie starts screaming, and she kind of pukes in her hand a little bit. And um, you know, that's just what people do when they see their dead dad getting eaten by a squid. I guess. Especially a juicy, goopy squid on it. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, so I just found him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they do reveal that Simon's sort of this uh, illegitimate son from an affair and that he's kind of this feral guy that's been living in the wild in this old shanty shack. Um, They say um, uh, Federica kept him there to remind her of her infidelity. Yeah, yeah, she was a really strange woman. She didn't want to give up her... Everyone in this neighborhood is strange. A little bit. I mean, I I know living in apartments is kind of weird, but like, I think I would move if I <laughs> lived in that neighborhood. You wouldn't uh, join a housing association with these people, dude. Can you imagine those fucking meetings? Ooh, 
blow my brains out, dude. Um, that would just Check be all these cool bugs I caught. <laughs> Fuck your bugs. I'm going to fucking make it concrete over there. It's going to be great. So um, they Simon's like, oh, bitch, you're puking. Um, you should probably go inside this guy's nice house instead of out here in the wilderness puking in you know, the woods or whatever. Yeah. So he sends her up to the house. She goes in <clears throat> and she finds a bunch of bodies in a really cool scene where she's in the bathroom. So she turns around and then she sees standing there Ventura and Ventura has an ax. So she's screaming and shit all over the place. Um, so he comes at her. She shuts the bathroom door, which is this. And this is, again, where I start geeking out. It's this beautiful door with this, like, um, kind of, like, yellow, opaque glass yeah. over it. It's super fucking cool. <clears throat> super it's like those old period. shower door kind of glass. Oh, yeah, totally. And um, so her being the smart person and Ventura not wanting to ruin his beautiful door, she grabs this pair of scissors and fucking stabs through the glass, breaks the glass, and stabs him. <clears throat> so cool. I, I was sad to see the door go, but uh, <laughs> it was super, super cool. Um, so now this is where shit starts getting hard to follow. Okay? Right, yeah. Unless this has been easy to follow before this. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway, so... Um, because I have notes. We both did notes this week, so we sounded we did. smart. Kind of had to. Yeah. This meandering, weird maze of a plot. Oh my god. Um, okay, so this is just me gonna laugh right now. So uh, Albert goes out to the car, and throughout this whole movie, and this is kind of like a Bava signature, but I feel like in this movie it was almost used, like so overdone that it was for comedic value but he does these like crazy ass snap zooms where it's like the camera goes in and out in and out so fast and all this other shit it's just like to build like tension or whatever so i noticed argento was kind of doing that in birth crystal plumage so i don't know maybe my hypothesis is coming into effect here that he wanted a little poking a little fun he was and bava was gonna try to kill him yeah, just, I don't know, just kind of poking a little fun like, Argento, what's with you and your crazy zooms? Here, this is what it looks like. <laughs> Weirdo. So, this is the the most ridiculous one for no reason. Like, the guy's in the car, and then Paulo comes up on the other side, and there's this, like, really hard snap zoom on him. And he's like, have you seen my wife? And then it pulls back out. <laughs> <laughs> I know, a lot of the reactions from these people, uh, a little timid oh my god it was so funny dude it's just like i know like this isn't the time you're supposed to laugh at something like this but i feel like there's so many moments in this movie where you see something horrific and then right after it you see something kind of funny to kind of take the edge off of it and i don't know if this scene was meant to be funny or if it's just one of those things that like didn't age well or something but to do that like you have all these hardcore snap zooms to show something crazy going on. And then there's a snap zoom. Have you seen my wife? And then he's like, yeah. oh, yeah, she's down there by the over by Simon's or whatever. And he's like, oh, OK, cool. Later. And it's just like that whole bit cracked me up. I thought that was really yeah. funny. Um, yeah, and they do it in like a couple minutes from here, too, I think, when he gets oh, back down to the house. Well, when she found the bodies in the bathtub, 
it did it like 17 times. It was like, waka, 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 waka. Like, super crazy. Um, well, uh, so Rennie and Albert finally meet up. And um, Rennie's like, yeah, I, you know, I did that to that guy. And he's yeah, like, that's, what? It's like another example of, yeah, yeah I just whatever. killed that guy. Yeah, you know, I'm Italian. <laughs> Suck it. Yeah, it's cool. She was so cold-hearted. Oh, totally. Well, I mean, look at her. She's yeah. freaking ice queen. And then, yeah, dude. And then he's like, "So, I guess we should just go home." She's like, "How dare you give up that easy? You fuck." Yeah. Well, he sees Paulo running out of the house, right? Yeah, and she's like, "You got to go take care of it before he calls the cops." And he's like, yeah. "Huh?" And the things men do for pussy, dude. I swear His to fucking God. Er- yeah, her little errand boy. Oh, I was just like fucking cringing, and he's like, like "Okay." What on her hands? Yeah. Ooh, dun dun dun. Which we'll talk about in a second. So, um uh the psychic lady's walking around and all this other shit. Um uh Albert strangles Paulo with a phone cord, which is kinda neat. And then when his face comes down into the camera, we cut to a hubcap shot of um Laura, um, who is Ventura's secretary slash whore. And um, she's getting ready to go up there. And he told her to call before she came. And she called, but no one answered the phone, which made her go, hmm. And so she's going to go get to the bottom of this shit. And um, so she goes up or whatever. La, 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 la. Um, We have uh, the psychic lady looking around, being all nosy and shit. And when you watch this movie, even if you watch it on DVD, like you have to, I don't know what the, what the Blu-ray looks like, but you have to make sure that your TV is really bright or else this whole part of the movie is just going to be so fucking dark. It'll be hard to fucking see anything. And I don't, I don't know if you had a problem with this part of the film, but well, I do have the Kino Blu-ray and it looked pretty good in that scene. I thought I didn't oh, have did any it? problems with it. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, this movie gets so dark. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it takes, especially at this point of the, the film, it takes place in yeah. the, uh, in the, out in the woods. In well, the especially when creepy psychic lady, she's like, Hey, I got creepy black hair and a black fucking Dracula cape. Like I'm going to go walk in the woods. You're not going to see me again. You know, like she just like goes. So anyway, so she goes out to, and she finds Ventura's body and he's been stabbed in the fucking hip with scissors. And everyone assumes he's dead, Uh huh. which boggled my mind. And, um, then creepy lady turns around and looks up and she sees the ax above a head and um, the axe comes down. It's very similar to how they shoot the axe in Friday the 13th that kills Marcy. Axe goes up, axe comes down, and we have a Pamela Voorhees head decapitation, blood squirting out the whole bit. She had a little bit more blood, I think. Oh, Pamela. yeah. Fuck yeah, she did. <laughs> I, now, I had to get my umbrella out. I thought it was coming right at me. <laughs> my question for you here is, who chopped off her head? Well, let's see. We thought Frank was the killer. Nope, wasn't him. Then we thought perhaps Ren- Rennie or uh, Albert were, but uh, they were a little bit busy handling Paulo. So, but hmm. Rennie was wasn't least... messing with Paulo because right. I at first I thought Simon did it. Like when I originally watched this, but watching it again, I'm I'm pretty sure it was Rennie. But I don't. 
You think she had that oomph in her to take off a head? I don't know, dude. I mean, I'm not saying that it takes a man to chop off someone's head, but it takes a lot of torque and a lot of power. Ladies, if you want to send any kind of hate mail to... Um... <laughs> I'll show you who can cut off think, someone's head. Yeah, I think hate mails will be the least of my worries. <laughs> yeah, so at this point, I I don't know if it's abundantly clear. I think she makes a comment like she's been taken care of, but I don't know if she just knows or if she did it. Perhaps. Well, I'm so, just saying, I, I couldn't chop off a head, so maybe I guess she could be stronger than me, but I, I thought think, it was I Simon. I think you're selling yourself short. <laughs> I think I should try it. totally could chop off somebody's head. Um, if so anyway, a in the in my name coming my way, right? yeah, I guess I could. Yeah, dig well, down deep. Just so you know, now we we cut back to the children in the RV. Just so we're aware, the children are still in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, um, but then uh, Laura shows up and. Um, they see the car coming and Albert's like, oh shit, what do we do? And then Rennie's like, what we've done to everybody else? <sighs> and she just like walks off and you're like, Jesus fucking Christ, lady. Um, so Laura gets out of the car. She's running. She goes in. She sees Ventura, who's not dead. Shocker. He got stabbed in the hip. And he's like, get Simon. And she's like, got it. So she runs down to get Simon. <clears throat> and then Simon um she's in his shack and he follows her in and locks the door and she's like why are you locking the door and then he goes into this whole thing now here to me if someone's gonna say anything ripped off a friday the 13th movie or that friday the 13th ripped anything off from this i think it's this right here simon is in the exact same fucking outfit as pamela Voorhees. yeah the uh, old corded sweater oh my god he looks just like her and then he's just like talking to her and talking to her and then he's like he's like you did it you killed her you did and he just goes into this like rant about yeah. like like it was you you're the one who did this to my mom and whole fucking thing so um i don't know to me this is like the most rip offy part i think i don't know but yeah, plus uh, it takes place in like an old kind of quaint um, rustic looking cabin yeah I mean the only thing he didn't do is have Jason start talking to him you know <laughs> right. like it was just like whatever and, he, yeah, and when she throws the boiling water at him he even screams like freaking Betsy Palmer he goes ah <laughs> <laughs> I know you love those Betsy screams oh my god I love it so anyway, um, so la, 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 they roll around on the floor. He strangles her. But before that, we find out like how this all went down. Well, according to um, Laura, um, her and Ventura went to talk to Francesca or Federica or lady in the wheelchair about purchasing the land. She had nothing to do with it. And like any good secretary... While they're talking, she goes up and she steals her diary. And when they're back home drinking J&B, um, she's like reading it. And um, she comes across to this entry from February 13th. 
dun 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 um that says like oh it sounded like a suicide note and so the big plan is okay i know what we could do we'll just wait till friday the 13th and then we'll kill her (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to i wanted to go look up to see if february 13th i was going to whatever this year was like on 71 like 70 71 yeah we should do that anyway yeah don't iphones do that aren't they smart enough (laughs) to do that kind of shit well anyway so um and then like any good boyfriend he's like hey that donetto guy or don tenny what's his name uh donati donati he really likes to stick it to you right and she's like oh stop and he's like oh baby just do this for me blah 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 and then after um freaking simon kills uh her it's almost like he has a flashback of like being outside like because there's this pov shot of donati and laura in a car and her telling him that she wants to be mrs donati or whatever and um that there's only one way to get rid of the mom so i think simon knew that it was her kind of thing laura is such a little squonk That's really funny. I was actually going to just start calling her Squonk. Yeah. But um, whatever her name is, that's Squonk. Squonk. I actually looked up that uh, that myth or that legend. And what is it? I guess it's it's this creature that lumberjacks believed in that was so ashamed and thought its appearance was so hideous that it would cr- become very sad and cry itself at uh, to sleep at night. And then you would hear this squonking sound in the swamps, and that's the uh, sound of the creature uh, crying itself to sleep. And uh, when a person actually finally caught one, they uh, brought it home, but when they opened the bag, all that was left was a puddle of tears because the thing was so embarrassed at its appearance. So this is what Ventura is calling his mistress. As she strips down and stands at the stairs and says, don't leave. And shows her fantastic boobs. Well, we don't get to see him, but he does. We're assuming everything on that package was quite pleasant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, that's funny. So then um, the movie gets slow again. And we watch Simon walk very slowly through the outdoors and then into the dance hall and then stop for a minute and hang his head and then walk around some more and then sit and then he has a flashback of him saying oh shit I killed all these people in your house I don't know what to do and then Ventura's like well sell me the land and I'll give you everything you need and you could leave town immediately and no one will ever catch you so now he feels jilted by Ventura and then after knowing Ventura had a lot to do with his mother's death he's just angry so he turns a corner and gets stabbed in the stomach with a spear this scene's really cool and it's Albert and he's shoving the spear at him and um, Simon's like swinging his bill hook at him and he can't reach him because he's at the other end of the spear so that almost looks comical it's like when a bully puts his hand on a little kid's head and the little kid's swinging at him and he can't hit him you know like yeah. you're a I'm, I'm a chicken hawk and you're a chicken <laughs> you know like okay whatever <laughs> um, well so then the Simon's dying and he spits blood up and it gets on Albert's hands and Albert like freaks the fuck out which I think yeah. was a really good like device like that that sold 
his reaction to all this. You know, like yeah, you. They don't really flesh out a lot of the characters, but no. he's got a little bit because of him doing all this dirty work for Red. Yeah, for realsies. He's not happy. So now with Simon out of the picture, all they have to do is go find whatever will or whatever fucking whatever piece of paper. Legal mumbo jumbo yeah, red tape. Yeah, and so for some reason they automatically know that he might have made a deal with fucking um, Ventura and they go back to Ventura's house. I don't know how that fell together for them but um they're going through ventura's shit and then all of a sudden the lights go out and ventura apparently is the person who shows up and has a struggle with um albert and this is one of the uh, i don't want to start doing that yet but rennie just kind of stands there and she's like okay and she's just like not getting involved, you know, whatever, let them do their thing. And then a dark figure stands up and starts coming at her and she's like, Albert, Albert. And then it cuts to Albert, yay. And it's yeah. like the next day and they're like burning the documents or something like that. And um, this is like the super spoiler if you're even interested in this movie still. Um, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, well, it all ends well, it ends well, you know, like the whole like, yep, we just killed a bunch of people, let's go home and let the cops clean this up. <laughs> yay, everything's good, let's hug and kiss, and yeah. yay. We got the bay. We and then the all owners. of a sudden, bang, bang, and they fall down, and we flip around to see that it's their kids with a shot, a double barrel shotgun, and <laughs> we're able to peg them from like, freaking like, 30 yards away. Yeah. Okay. And the kids are like, wow, mom and dad play dead good. <laughs> Let's go play by the bay. Yeah. Because in all honesty, it's their bay now. They can do whatever the fuck they want with it. Right. You know? And um, then it goes, la 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 la. La 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 la. La 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 la. And that's the end of the movie. And um, yeah, so what did you think of Twitch of the Blood Bay? Oh, man. Well, I thought it was, like we kind of went over, very uh, meandering. kind of. It was still a fluid plot, but it went in a lot of different directions. Um, and it never really seemed nailed down or thought out too well. Um, a little bit of something I looked up is that there was possibly up to five different hands writing the script. Yeah. Or writing the screenplay. So I could see how that would probably be a result of too many cooks in the kitchen and you've got these I mean they're not even really red herrings because they are actually killers <laughs> you don't have um, I guess the closest they come to a red herring Paul. Paul, is probably Apollo yeah, especially with that um, scene where he uh, interacts with Simon at the beginning he's out catching his bugs and Simon's uh, tearing open a squid with his mouth I guess yeah dude But so fucking gross <laughs> yeah and they have this kind of weird discussion about how Apollo's hobby is better because he examines the insects as a hobby and he learns more about them and that they're dying for a cause whereas this fisherman is just killing these animals but then Simon uh, sort of mentions that well he does it because it's his sustenance or his prey yeah and this sort of I mean it sets up Paulo as kind of a red herring but it, it also does. it's it really it's kind does. of a, and then yeah. again like to me like that shot of the bug under the needle yeah you know was like a big 
kind of thing. And he's like a creepy fuck anyway. Yeah. You know, like, and it's just like, there's that scene where he tells them to go walk through the woods, the shorter walk through the woods. And then he's standing there looking in the doorway and he's smoking a cigarette. Then he's like, (coughs) (coughs) and he just like totally (laughs) overacts, but it's so good. It's like little things like that make the characters so big. Yeah, you know, sure, and yeah. that totally just that little like <laughs> totally for me, I was like, oh, that's Paulo. Yeah, that crazy <laughs> motherfucker, that crazy Paulo. Yeah, you know, yeah, but the um, discussion they have, it kind of sets up the uh, this. I don't know this idea that, yeah, I guess. But that is like maybe the someone's only killing something thing in the whole fucking movie to me that was like well thought in the yeah. sense that ooh let's start pointing attention at people yeah, because the whole rest of the movie yeah one's killing because it's fun yeah but it's just like the whole rest of the movie is like this is I, okay Bay of Blood is probably my least favorite Jalo, and let the controversy begin. Let people get angry with me now. <laughs> but I just think it's like one of the most boring fucking movies. And I know there's some really cool kills in it. Um, the score, like I said, is like one of my favorite scores. But I swear to God, if I ever want to fall asleep, I will put this movie on. Yeah. And I it's... can crash out. I fell asleep I always fall asleep watching this movie I fell asleep twice re-watching the movie and then I watched it again just to like get my notes down and everything like that but then I fell asleep reading its Wikipedia page and I'm like okay I'll just go on IMDB out like a light at 3 o'clock in the afternoon okay really? dude I swear to god this movie is like fucking NyQuil to me dude I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's just like, it's a very boring fucking movie to me. And one of the things that I think hurts it is there's all these great um, spikes, like when she sees the bodies in the bathtub or when um, uh, Bobby opens the door or um, when uh, Paulo or not Paulo, but Simon turns the corner and gets stabbed in the, the stomach. There's like hardly any music during any of these scenes where you could totally be building suspense. And then it'll be like, dun, dun, dun. And then like stab, Yeah. you know? And it's just, and it's not done in like a frightful way. It's just like, here's some music and then they're dead. Yeah. Deal with it. Like there's, there's no buildup to anything. And that drives me crazy. And then there was just like a lot of like, like, after all the bodies are in Ventura's house, they do these, like, out-of-focus shots of everything, and you start seeing all the bodies like that. And they were doing that a lot in this. And, like, I think the cool part about this is is that Mario Bava got to shoot this as well. Um, and I don't know if got to shoot is the correct word. I know that they... Um, didn't have a whole lot of money, so he had to shoot it himself. But I'm sure that let him have some fun with it that yeah. he normally wouldn't have been able to have. Um, and that's kind of why I always lean on the fact that I think this is almost more of a like a satire or a comedy than anything else. Because, I mean, the characters themselves 
like the psychic and the um, Paulo, the bug guy, they're so over the top. You know, they're just like really over the top. And um, it's just this, like all of the shit will be going really cool. And then it's like, oh, okay, cool. We killed some people. Let's walk for 10 minutes and um, show that Rennie's a bitch and Albert's a pussy. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. It just, it was really, really slow. It's always slow um, for me. And the running time isn't even that long. No, it's but a very short. It movie. fucking feels like forever when I watch it, and I know, um, I don't know. I, I I like the movie for certain parts, but I mean, you could go on YouTube and there's a video like all the kills and Twitch of the Death Nerve in five minutes. Yeah, I think it comes with one of the DVDs. It's just oh, a special really? feature. <laughs> it's not on mine, but I heard it's a special feature on a DVD, so it's like, well, there's my movie. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I have an older copy of it, and um, it's dark. Yeah. So, like, as soon as the movie, as soon as the sun goes down, it's just like, I'm, like, fucking cranking the contrast up on my fucking TV, <laughs> trying to fucking see what the hell's going on. Um, but, and then just the whole end with the kids, like, it's just like, at that point, like, at the end of the movie, I think was a, a total wasted opportunity when the kill, one of the, the killer or Albert stands up. Well, Albert was a killer, so some motherfucker stands up and Rennie's like, Albert? Albert? And then all of a sudden, it's, it's the next day and they're outside and everything's fine. Like, I feel like that could have been, like, a really big suspense moment and um, almost something for, like, people watching the movie. Because, like, none of the characters in this movie are fucking likable. You know, like, right, yeah. every fucking person's a shit and you want them to fucking die. Even and, poor Shy Bobby, he's kind of just, like, the dead fuck. Oh, Jesus Christ, Shy Bobby. Character. <laughs> like can't get behind him. Uh, can't get in front of him either, unless you're no. down a slide. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the the Swede and Broomhilda are fun, but um, even Broomhilda put some attitude up. It was just like, what the fuck is that about? You know? Because she got all pouty that Bobby didn't go with her after she just fucking chewed him out. Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah, the, I mean, it's, it's hard to have a likable killer or character when all of them are murderers. Like, okay, here's something. I fucking would watch Five Dolls for an August Moon a hundred times before I watch this movie again. Oof. <laughs> you, heard it, you heard it here first, folks. I want to let Pete know. Do you not like that movie? I know you think it's kind of slow. I think that movie is so much fun. Yeah, I mean, it's slow. Um, I mean, when I took this film under consideration, it begins very much like Baba films with the uh, shadows and angles inside that mansion. It reminds me of films oh. like Five Dolls or Blood and Black Lace, but the rest, you're right, it just loses some of that original flair of his, um, possibly because of the budget. But I thought it was still impressive how he uh, managed to create some of the, I mean, they were on a very small plot of land from what I read, and he had to put up branches in front of the camera to that make it look like trees. hysterical. <laughs> I absolutely loved hearing that. Like, that is like the, like, there was like no trees around. But then you watch, and you can see there's trees. So he either, because I've read something where it says like he brought in actual trees. Yeah. 
and then I read other things that it was just like sticks in front of a camera. Yeah, because they're saying like there were like like five trees there, but there were clearly it was still pretty nice forest. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like you were saying because he had to do his own cinematography, kind of getting back to his roots. It seemed like he had the most fun with this one, and I know he has quoted that that this was his favorite film to make. Um, So I took took some of that under consideration when I thought about it, and I. I probably do rank this one higher than you. Um, I actually only saw it a couple months ago for the first time uh, at a little hole-in-the-wall theater. They were playing some Baba films in town here. Oh, that would have been rad, dude. What yeah. else did they show? I saw that one and Baron Blood, but they also showed uh, Black Sabbath and Black Sunday. Mm. So that was... It's pretty fun. Because, like, I mean, like, obviously, Blood and Black, Black Lace is, like, super lush. But, like, what you were saying, too, the um, that main room where the wheelchair was, that they used that room, I think, in Blood and Black Lace, Hatchet for the Honeymoon, and one other one as well. I recognize it from. I did kind of recognize it a little bit. It looked like the Well, back it room. looks very bava you know but i mean it looks bava because he's shot at it so many fucking times (laughs) (laughs) but totally um but like even hatchet for the honeymoon i like better than bay of blood like i just uh i don't know dude it's kind of yeah it is nice when you get i love five dolls i think that movie is so fun (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm sorry that's okay i watched it in kind of a rush with a bunch of his other movies so i'm probably blending too many things together. No, no one really likes Five Dolls. No. Like, honestly, like... Well, I mean, I I can't say that, but... I mean, I think that was his least favorite movie that he did. And he said... I don't want to say he disowned it, but I think if there was a movie that he was gonna disown, that would have been it. Yeah. I can see that. But... um, One of his later ones. So as far as the kills go, um, Mom was killed by Donati, Simon killed Donati, Simon killed the four teenagers. Uh, Rennie stabbed Ventura thinking he was dead, but he wasn't. Albert killed the bug. Um, Rennie or Simon killed the psychic, then Simon killed Laura, and then Albert killed Simon, Albert killed Ventura, and then the kids killed Albert and Rennie. Who so, killed uh, Theodore? Theodore? Oh, wait, Alvin and Simon. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. That was a chipmunk reference. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah, maybe the music at the end kind of sounded like a chipmunk song. Oh, the music on this movie is great. It is, but yeah, that ending was bullshit. (laughs) So fucking stupid. Oh, oh, they had like Albert turn around and like put a axe through Rennie's face for making him do all this, all her dirty work. Oh my god, that would have been so classic. And ride off with the kids into the sunset. Who takes their kids? I mean, granted, I don't think Albert knew they were going on a killing spree when they got there, (laughs) but still, like, who takes their fucking kids on a murderous rampage? Because obviously Rennie wasn't going to put up with any shit. Right. You know, like... I don't know, dude. Like, I wonder what those kids have been through to think that shooting your parents with a shotgun is a game. I don't know. Like, um, <clears throat> I don't know, dude. Like, I uh, so 
why the fuck did they leave a loaded shotgun in the fucking camper with the kids in the first place? I don't know. I shot a gun like that. A couple. I was a couple years older than these kids, and I pretty much fell on my ass, and I couldn't hear anything the rest of the day. And the gun shot twice. It was like a dual trigger, so it was yeah. like boom, boom. That yeah. kid would have been in the next fucking time zone. Yeah, my shoulder. I couldn't feel my shoulder the next day. It was not pretty. Ugh. So not happy with that ending. I know. It was very tacked on, thoughtless. But it's one of those things that this movie was so weird that I bet, like, that was, like, one of the first ideas they came up with. Oh, my God, wouldn't it be funny if, like, the kids killed the parents at the end of this whole thing? <laughs> oh, that would be hysterical. Everyone's going to think they're the only ones left, but they forgot about the kids. We showed them twice, you know, what the fuck? I mean, which yeah. is more than they showed Pamela Voorhees in Friday the 13th, so... You know, um, so as far as the the titles for this movie, um, in America it's best known for Twitch the Death Nerve, obviously. Um, hey, let me see here. In Italy, pre-production draft screenplay was called "The Odor of Flesh" or "The Stench of Flesh." Um, the shooting title was "Thus Do We Live to Be Evil." Um, after production was completed, it was announced as before the fact, worst title ever. <laughs> yeah, it's like a 40s crime. <laughs> totally, dude. Sorry, James Cagney. Yeah. yeah. Um, but finally, uh, when it was released in theaters, the title changed once again to The Ecology of Crime. But when... <laughs> totally. But when um, the film did so shit... And it's released. They pulled it and changed the name to Chain Reaction, um, and then it was later released as Bay of Blood. Uh, in the states, it was originally released as Carnage, and then retitled Twitch of the Death Nerve, which um, is the fun one. It was also known as Bay of Blood, Last House on the Left Part Two, or Last House Part Two and New House on the left because it was put out by the same company that put um, Last House on the left out, uh, the Hallmark Releasing Company. I think that's my favorite one. Which one? New House on the left? New House on the left. Dude, like, I don't... I don't know why it didn't pick up more steam as Last House on the left part two. You would think mm -hmm. that, like... I, I got just, away with Zombie too, I guess. Yeah... Um, let's see. And then um, it was banned in the UK under the title Bay of Blood. And then again um, on video as Bloodbath. Um, some other titles on IMDb, it has it as Bloodbath Bay of Blood, which is just ridiculous. And then Bloodbath Bay of Death, which works a little bit better. Um, and that's from Wikipedia. But um, so I know, did um, what, what's your favorite title? A seri being serious for a moment. Uh, I think it would have to be Twitch of the Death Nerve. Um, and I think that was probably our most popular response on our Facebook group. Yeah, I think the only one that wasn't Twitch of the Death Nerve was Friday the 13th Part 2. Yeah, thanks, Mike. <laughs> we did get one for a, a, a number two choice from Jean of Carnage. So I, thought, I think that's probably my second favorite, sh uh, short and to the point. Let me see. Uh... Yeah, I think everybody 
Oh, wait, no, he just said part one. I'm sorry. I threw the part two in there. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Twitch the Death Interview. It's such a good title, dude. It is. It's really, really good. And the, they didn't all... I mean, the beauty of Baba's murders is that he doesn't do them like a lot of American films where they're just... As soon as they get the knife through the throat or something, they're dead. When in actuality, the body kind of lives on for a little while. And even Broomhilda, when she had her throat slit, she's kind of uh, wiggling around on the ground there. Yeah, but she has her legs all bent and weird. Yeah, that's true. I was like, God, that can't be comfortable for you. And then I'm like, well, she's probably worried more about her throat being sliced open. But um, I don't know, dude. I just can't believe no one picked Thus Do We Live to Be Evil. You can't. Or before the fact that is just hysterical is the ecology of crime is that coming from the ecology of the bay and the I, love yes. of the bugs i guess and i think that might have been more to because he's really the red herring i mean with that first opening scene they set him up to look like he was gonna be the the baddie you yeah. know what i'm saying so um that had to have been what that was, dude. Yeah. But the stench of flesh, I mean, I don't like the odor of flesh, but the stench of flesh was pretty good. That was a neat are title. You, are you going to take that one for one of your projects? Oh, dude, mine's going to be the the stench of facts before we are evil. On the left, part two. On crime ecology. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. AKA bloodbath. No. <laughs> uh, we also should probably mention the uh, the effects wizard behind all those gruesome scenes, Carlo Rambaldi, who some people might know from films like Alien, and he did the ET creature in ET. Nice. But uh, he did actually work in a lot of uh, Italian films before this one, and then also worked with uh, Fulci in 1971 for a lizard in woman's skin, and it was that film where he was the uh, the first effects supervisor ever brought into court to prove that his effects were in fact fictional and uh, keeping Fulci out of prison for the uh, the animal cruelty or seeming to be animal cruelty in that film. And he did not just say semen for all of you. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I had a little bit of J&B caught in my throat, but yeah, seemingly. <laughs> oh, because yeah. one thing you never want to have to prove in court is your semeny. No, <laughs> that's that's awful. Especially if it's uh, on a blue dress. <laughs> wow, that that was a good one. You took that. You took that yeah. back to the '90s, dude. That, that, that was hot. Good job. I do have a past. That was nice, dude. I seriously have the hardest time watching that movie. I didn't know that. Dude, I fucking sleep. That movie is just like, I don't know what it is, dude. You need to get a friend to watch it. But, oh, it is just Norsville for me. Yeah. It's so boring. But uh, It is kind of interesting how he just went from these very plot-heavy, like plot-driven films of the 60s to this, this one, which is... But it's no weird plot. because, like, there's no plot, but there's a ton of plot. It's like the most plot in a no-plot movie. Yeah, they're trying to fit in. Sense. Yeah, it's very, very, uh, I don't know what the right word would be. Like, just thin plot and um, 
Well, I think the whole thing, like you said, like having that many people write it, like yeah. putting their fingers yep. in it, probably turned this into just a clusterfuck by the time Baba started shooting it. He's like, you know what? Just fucking show up. I'm holding yeah. some branches, stand in front of the camera. Um, we'll have a good time, you know? Yeah. And for that, it's a fun movie. But, like, again, like, this should definitely be, like, three-minute webisodes. Like, <laughs> watching this as a whole movie is just, like, good God, it's so hard for me to do. Yeah, it had promise from the beginning, but definitely dived quickly. I was hoping to see more of my... my what did I call her? A sh- sh- Laura? I thought she was pretty cute. Oh, yeah. Laura's super cute. She looks good in white. She does. (laughs) And in nothing. She might have to be my cutie from this film. I know you you have a thing for Brunhilde, but... Well, just because she's so freaking, like, off her rocker. Yeah, she's a a fun lover. Because, like, honestly, the the Swedish girl is probably the one you'd want to party with the most. You know? But, um... I mean, God, her name's Broomhilda, you know? <laughs> How many times are you going to find a good-looking chick named Broomhilda? That accent. It's over the top. So, yeah. So, overall, this is not my favorite. So. Yeah, and it's probably down there for me as well. But I'm sure I'll pop it in from time to time to get uh, some of those old-fashioned kills in. And uh, it was a lot of fun to actually watch again after watching the Friday the 13th parts one and oh, two for sure. last, uh, last Friday the 13th with you. I think honestly, this movie is more fun to watch when you know about like on the Blu-ray you have, does it have a ton of bonus features or is it another Blu-ray that they kind of fuck you on your actions? Yeah, it's kind of skimpy as far as extras. They did a really good job with the transfer and everything, uh, as Kino usually does. But the uh, they got they have audio commentary from Tim Lucas, who uh, did that Bava book. But then, other than that, all they have are like trailers that you could get with a fifty dollar donation to the book. Ooh, dun, 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 <laughs> dun, dun, dun. plugged it. Um, yeah, I mean if you have a lot of info on this it's a lot of fun for sure you know um but to me like i just like i'm looking forward to next week or next episode so much like i'm glad we did this and i'm glad you know we did it it's it's worth a watch you know all that we got argento in early and bava in here um I guess we could have picked any of Bava's films, but this is probably a good one for people who want more of his gory stuff before kind of diving into his more fashionable... I mean, I really think this is probably his most popular, right? Yeah. For sure, yeah. It should be. Uh, if, it, if not this one, then probably his, like you said, the uh, black and white stuff he did in the 60s. Oh my gosh, dude. But we can't do those on Giallo. There's... It, it wouldn't get anywhere on the giallo meter. No, it wouldn't. But I will tell you right now, um, the only—I mean, I like didn't want to pick any of the movies that you've done on Hundred Years of Horror right off the bat. Yeah. Because you just did those. So, um, but yeah, dude. Yeah. So. 
Yup. Yup. Well, what are we? What are we doing next week? Actually, oh. educate me because I want to be sure. Strip nude for your killer. There it is. So excited! I. The, the spoiler is is that I love this piece of trash. Yeah. Well, we kind of teased it last episode. Oh. Um, and then we said that we wanted to do this one because it was available yeah. on Netflix and stuff. But now I think we've given our listeners enough time to find this one somewhere. Yeah, I mean, you can find it on Amazon and all that shit. Like, yeah. buy, but it's well worth it. It's um, If you want to go from a movie with a shitty ending to a movie with a fun ending, <laughs> um, like, we, we're, we're nailing the spectrum right here, folks. Like, yeah. Uh, the, the the dialogue in the end of Strip Name for Your Killer is probably the best bit of shit I've ever seen ever. Oh god, it's so much fun. I love this movie. This is gonna be fun. You might have to put your audio clipping to the test. Oh my god, dude. Not only my audio clipping, I'm gonna have to bring it down a notch or else I'm gonna be screaming the whole time. I'm gonna go, oh my god, this part is so much fun! Um, <laughs> oh, little girl. Oh, and um, Edwidge is finally going to make an appearance on this goddamn show. Oh, thank God. Thank God. But it's when her hair is short and kind of butchy. Oh, yeah. But it's okay. She's still super awesome. But, um... Oh, I'm so excited. I'm, I, I could just talk about being excited for the next hour, but I won't. For so, the next two weeks? Um, yeah, dude. So, <laughs> we'll uh, just keep you on the air until we talk about it. <laughs> totally dude okay so anyway um so i guess i'll play the trailer for that right now as we go out here and um i guess that's it unless you have anything else no i think i'm spent all right i'll see many (laughs) (laughs) well thank you all for um spending some quality time with us here and um that was a blast and always I guess until next time, ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. A shadow in the night. Footsteps on the stairs. The sound of death. Carl, I'm afraid. What am I supposed to do? Magda, get that film. It's a special infrared film. Get it and develop it. Hurry. Me, for instance.
Almost as if for a sacred rite. Oh, he killed Doris. Then Doris must have been killed by the same madman. Blood. To slake the thirst of a human beast. There's very little time to love. It must be done hurriedly, desperately. Because for him, for her, for anyone, an atrocious death may be approaching. feels the breath of death on the back of one's neck. Ah, he gave us a slip. An anguished shiver chills the blood. It's the moment of terror. 